Folks, do bear with me at the beginning of this podcast as it starts with Felix Rodriguez outside of the room. It is uh, the very, very first video podcast I did. And of course, uh, having Felix as such a guest on this podcast is just an absolute delight. Um, so funny. And uh, the podcast actually starts when he comes back into the room wearing his Ozone t-shirt for the video podcast. So just to fill you in on the picture, enjoy it. It's really, really a sensational one. Staying Alive in Paragliding, a podcast series with your host, Steph Juncker from Cape Town, South Africa, the owner of Parapax Tandem Paragliding and a competition pilot of 23 years. Real podcasts for real pilots to learn from, to laugh at, and to enjoy the funny and crazy stories that go with it. Felix uh, getting himself ready. Anyone who doesn't know Felix Rodriguez, I'll take this moment to do the introduction of the man. Absolutely brilliant. Him and his brother started paragliding, I think, when they were nine years old. And these guys learned with their parents. The mother flies, the father flies, I think the grandparents fly. They all fly. They live in the south of Spain. They have a flying school there. The Rodriguez brothers, anybody who doesn't know them, and anyone who doesn't know Felix, oh, yes, that's much better. Yeah, come with uh-huh. me. Uh, good. Are they still holding? I see you quickly went to fix your hair, Felix. Uh-huh. Yeah. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bicycle. Where are you? In Porto or what? Yes. <laughs> nice place. Uh-huh. I am in lockdown. It's uh, terrible. My favorite place in South Africa, Porto <laughs> I remember when you were camping in my garden, uh, Felix. But uh-huh. when you uh, all the way in, in South Africa. We were camping uh-huh. everywhere, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Such crazy guys. I want to introduce you one more time, Felix. So everybody who doesn't know Felix Rodriguez, please do me a favor. Just type in Felix Rodriguez and paragliding. Go and have a look at some of the YouTube videos that him and his brother have done. You guys didn't only win the world championship paragliding, first world championships in acrobatic paragliding from 2000, I think 2000 until 2006. So for seven years in a row, no one could take first place because you guys were every single year up there. I yes. had the great fortune. Yeah. I met you guys, I think, at Vertigo 20 years ago, something like that. And I became the moderator and the lion. Do you remember the lion walk at the... Yes, sure. Yeah, it's a long story. It's like uh, 20 years ago. We started to do the acro competition the first time. It was in Love. We were, yeah. actually, we were a World Cup, paragliding World Cup cross country in music in France. And then we heard about this acro competition and uh, like synchro. So I, I was speaking with Raul and we took the decision to go there and check it out to how is the acro competition. And that that point in, in that moment, we were doing the SAT. The first year we were doing the SAT with the with the Millennium Edel Glider. So we just went to build love. And yeah, it was so nice. It changed totally our life and we started to make agro competition. We were uh, in Seattle. The, the, just after that, we were in, in Austria making another competition in Slovenia and in Italy. And uh, this year, like from 2000 to 2005, six, there were a lot of competition 
everywhere. Uh, and we we stopped with the cross country, which is concentrated in acro and acro during almost 10 years. <laughs> so nice to see you, Felix. How is the uh, condition with you? You are in Corona lockdown. Are you no. going and doing sports? Are you making something? Uh, three, four times per week uh, to running. I, I go in a bit farther than I am allowed, but it's in the forest. Nobody sees it, so it's okay. And I, I am just one hour, one hour and a half running, I come back home. And that's the only thing I do. Sometimes we, we have a big garden, we go down to take the sun, the garden and the children, they can play. It's not so difficult here because we have a very beautiful place and easy to, to miss yourself in the forest. But yeah, no, no. in Spain, the situation is more difficult. Yeah. Everybody at home, you, you have not the right to go out because here in France, we have the right to go out one hour to make by yourself exercise. One hour. Mm. So it's okay. Mm. Yeah. Still, I want to go flying, but uh, not yet. <laughs> Soon, soon, my friend. Soon we'll fly. I hope so. And I hope we have some competitions. Of course, you had lots of uh, competitions lined up this season. What were you planning this uh, season? You doing the PWC circuit again this year? Uh, was that it? Yes, yes, but I don't know if they cancelled the total World Cup session. It's, it's, nobody knows what will happen. So we have yeah. to wait until the, we can open the door, get out, and see what's happened with the competition. I think the pressure comes from the football players because they want to play the match soon. And as soon as they play, start to play the match without public, I think we can run the paralyzed competition. But until that moment, we will be with no competition. Even if you can fly by yourself, then it will take time to make competition, I think. Yeah. You've made a very good point, actually, about the footballers. I never thought about that before. I never thought... I mean, it's a huge sport. A lot of uh, it's, this. it's a big power in the federation, in the sporting federation. So as soon as they get the right to play the match with no public, then we can do the paralyzed competition because we don't have public, anyways. <laughs> and before that, we have no chance. So yeah. <laughs> And with you live, it's okay. I mean, you you're helping Ozone. Uh, you're doing some some work in the meantime. Uh, how are you keeping yourself busy right now? Yeah, it's just working with the phone with uh, some prototypes for the acro, the freestyle, the acro gliders, and uh, and now I am starting to to move to make some videos. I hope uh, I hope in soon I have a big surprise for all of you. We make a small mini series of videos, funny and something little different with me. So yeah, it's, I, we, we had to work uh, with our sport and uh, I, I love to compete, but uh, competition is not giving us money. No? So I have to open my mind and thinking what Othon is need from you, what, what I can help. I do also want to tell you that Felix hasn't only been an acrobatic paragliding pilot. Of course, he's an Ozone team pilot. Uh, if you want to read a little bit of his CV, go onto the Ozone website and have a look. I took the liberty of uh, having a look at what my friend Felix has been up to. I mean, we know each other pretty well. We've had a lot of good parties before. And uh, of course, big tears with the chess. He's crying a lot when I beat him. Uh, <laughs> uh, are you are you ready? Uh, yeah, right. 
<laughs> Why you want me to cry? <laughs> no, it's very loving. How is your brother? How are your family? Please tell me. Well, Raúl is living in Spain, in the south of Spain, in Granada. He's uh, taking an easy time over there. He's um, working with a, a collider for Super, but yeah, now it's nothing happened. So he's at home. What Raúl loves to do now, and he's doing a lot, is the rock climbing. It's crazy for that. Yeah. And he has two kids, so it's very busy. <laughs> you guys have always been on the edge. You are base jumping. Um, if you hadn't invented the sat or the infinity tumbling or the coconut or the Mac twist or any of these things, I mean, how many different paragliding maneuvers do you think you and your brother invented? I mean, honestly, a lot of shit, eh? I, I don't know, but yeah, the most of them. Like uh, the base, because well, later there was connections and more connection and new maneuvers connection from one to other. So for sure we start with the sat, and then we get the sat dynamic or sat asymmetric, and then we get the misty flip mat twist from the spin, and then we get the infinity. Then from from that uh, things in. You can make all the other stuff, uh, like yep. now they make it twisted, but still uh, misty to helico, mass twist to helico. It's all the new combination that uh, we, in, the, in that moment, we were making the base of the aerobatics. Now you have in the table, in the maneuver table, you have, uh, I don't know, 30 maneuvers, but. Uh, Still, they are uh, like a connection, one maneuver to other. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, the, uh, I I was surprised by how many uh, transitions from one maneuver to another and to another. As you know, uh, Lino Earl uh, and uh, Marvin Auger, they were uh, of course together. Uh, they were competing yes. against you guys, of course, at the time. And Lino worked for me as a tandem pilot for six years in Cape Town. So I yes. learned a lot of great life from Lino, you know, and then he was telling me, I mean, there were, when Lino invented it, there were also maneuvers that only he could do, like he had thought, okay, I'm going to put my balls between my legs, I'm going to squeeze hard, and I'm going to try this thing, it doesn't matter if it goes badly, and I wanted to tell you, Felix, uh, very quickly, a story that I thought to tell you, when you and your brother were at Vertigo, and I was the translator of French to English, uh, <laughs> And yes. you remember it? Huh? Yes. And, uh, and then uh, doing the clown show afterwards, you remember that? Huh? And, uh, <laughs> sure. and, and you would be on the radio and we would also hear what you guys were saying on the radio. We had some connections. So then you would see something going wrong because you guys were practicing. And all we would hear on the radio is, Ah, merda. Yo sabe que es un poco más. Me voy en la agua e plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Raúl and me, we we start to fly with the uh, Bluetooth connection to talk to each other, and it helps a lot. And then that point, yeah, it was so nice because you you like uh, understand what's happened with your partner directly. We can talk uh, uh, like a. Uh, be directional call, call calm, so it's perfect for the aerobatics. Yeah. 
normally this does it. In 2016, we were on the top again. Then just after 2006, in the second World Championship, Aerobatic World Championship, we, we were there because we were flying with a Bluetooth connection. So, so nice. And because it's like a, your partner is in your brain. It's talking, you, you feel it here. I mean, you're not only brothers, so you've already got a connection. You just need to move your head or make a kind of signal to one another and the other one knows, okay, this is what I'm going to do. That's, that's really cool, yeah. We fixed the, the program for the flight. Like, okay, we make a rhythmic to infinity and then two revolutions in infinity, we stop. And then we say one, two, three, and we go for the next one. Misty mm. free to helico. And then in the, in the helico, one, two, three, exit. And we exit and we say one, two, three, go for the next one. And then one, two, three, we pump in at the same time every enter of the maneuver. And that makes a big, big difference because you can see we are in a very dynamic flow, but at the same time, at the same time. And uh, yeah, there is um, so nice pictures that we have from the last um, world championship. Yeah, it's incredible. From, from landing, we, we managed to make almost a perfect landing synchro several times. Wow. Uh, the first time I broke my back, <laughs> it was in, in Argentina. Uh, I was 21 years old, so it's like 20 years ago, more than 20 years. We were flying in Bolson, close to Bariloche, running a competition after the World Cup in, in Cuchicorral, in Argentina. It was a World Cup in Cuchicorral in, in 98, 99. So the weather forecast, it was telling they be a strong win, and they sent up all the pilots with a task, they set in the task, and I was, it was a personal time, so I was taking off one of the last one. Uh, and then, as soon as I was flying and going out of the valley, I, I started to fly backwards, 30 k's backwards, 40 k's backwards, and then 50 k's backwards, and then I, fly, I was flying, I make 180, I was flying 120 k's per hour, it was a, a win of 80 kilometers, 90, pumping more and more when you were getting low. And then I decided to, to, to try to find a good place to land. I just make um, uh, like a 360 deep spiral. And then in the scene of the spiral, I went into the wind and the glider was like a kite position and never yeah. came yeah. up again. It was like kite position and flying. Yeah. I was feeling like in a train, going everything going like this, and you, and uh, I don't know how, how I survived to, to that crash, but and then the, the tips they start to be crazy from behind, and then one tip it make like this big class, and they made me like catapult, like kind of catapult where I was going tailwind, and I saw long way that I going to to crash in a depth trip or no leaf. No rush, nothing. Just only the trip like this, death trip, and I crash in the in the middle, splashing it, and slide down like this. I didn't go by the side, or, and slide down. And my glider was lucky me. The glider was holding the trip, and it couldn't move me again because it was a lot of lot 
the strong wind and uh, so lucky that the, the glider was stopped there and me. But I was with a typical ballast here, it explodes, then my GPS explodes also. I, I lose my confidence and I wake up with the pain of my back and my body, but I, <coughs> I start to breathe. During, I think during one hour, I was thinking I will pass because I was uh, breathing like, you know, when you can't. No? Like, I, it was not enough in the beginning. Within one hour, I say, okay, now I, I think I will survive. I can do a little more. And then I de disconnect the harness and I make my little uh, safe place to, uh, to let it down and, and wait. Wait, wait, I was crashing at five, close to the sunset, and I saw the sunset. I was passing the night on the middle of the Patagonia, <laughs> alone with my back totally broken. Um, ah, it's, it's not ending yet. And then oof, I did my stuff. I was uh, with some uh, biscuits to eat and, you know, the cereal bars and that's stuff. I was having little water. Okay, okay. I, I tried to sleep. I couldn't sleep during the whole night for the pain. And then uh, the day after, when the sun rises up, I decided to move by myself because nobody's coming. <laughs> nobody's coming. It was early, early in the morning. I started to move. And I went to, to one place where I can easily climb and standing up and I was uh, walking during one kilometer by myself to find a, a farmer, a farmer and then it was a dog and started to shouting me, whoa, 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 I said, okay, dog, look up for your, for your chief. And, uh, and finally there was somebody to, to help me to go to one home and I could let it down in a bed and I didn't know uh, it can happen, but in the moment I was feeling safe, I just, uh, how do you say, totally lose my mind and sleep like, okay, thank you, and then I wake up in the hospital <laughs> with a back broken. That is one of the most fucked up crazy stories of flying I think I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. All the night. Yeah, first with 80 kilometers an hour of wind, you are lucky that you are alive. That's for sure. That you spent the whole night with a broken back, that you had to stand up, that you had to walk. You are right. That story, that's unbelievable. I mean, yes, Felix. I'm happy to survive of that because how how hard I, you, can, you could hit the, the trees with almost 100 k's of wind. <laughs> How long yeah. ago was that? Eh? How long ago did this happen? Ah, it was in 99, I think. In 99? In mm -hmm. 1999. And the gliders then, I mean, today, come on, uh, your Enzo or mine. Uh, I, I didn't look back for the glider. I don't know where is that glider. They took it, the Argentinian pilot and the harness, everything. I just took... Uh, the, the parachute, I, I think, yeah, I, I was taking the, the harness, Raul saved the harness and my parachute, but the glider, we, I don't know if we, we 
cut the lines or we destroy it. I didn't want this glider again. <laughs> it's the other guy that I want I want to put with a knife, like yeah. <laughs> one of those stories where a friend of mine, he he was flying, he really loved flying like many of us, and his wife, she was listen, no more flying. And I mean, come on, which pilot, if you ask him, flying or your wife? Uh, <laughs> come on. So she cut every single one of his lines. She cut his glider to pieces. Yeah. I say, no, better don't put this question for, to a paraglider pilot, no? <laughs> <laughs> I want you to give any kind of uh, tips or something cool for anybody who's getting into paragliding who who is young please the, the top shit that you would say felix well it's easy never fly it alone fly with your friends fly with friends with good pilot good friends is the best way to learn and the most enjoy, enjoyable things is to share with your friends try to don't fly alone because it's dangerous and it's not so funny so fly with friends Mm -hmm. that's that's super i mean you since i've known you have always got a tight group of friends that you are not just friends you are real brothers together you know you're spanish and and south american clique of guys so tight um sometimes i wonder if it's not a bit too tight i don't know felix maybe <laughs> <laughs> because with the same team with with raul richard galon David de uh, all the Satin, Pablo Lopez, Hernan Pitoco, Horacio Jorez, my cousin. We were traveling every year, six months together, a group of six, nine pilots and friends around. And uh, you know, you you have your home, but you make your home where you where you go. You make your own home everywhere you go because we were traveling more than six months per year. So you you always trying to organize this ambience that you feel at home. Uh, when you are with friends like this, it's like a, your brother. It becomes your family, and um, everything we share is very special. Mm. Yeah. No, fantastic. That's a great tip. Um, a really, really good one. I mean, I'm unfortunately way too reckless for that. Um, I go flying all the time by myself and really alone and i have to think like do you know the film 127 hours the rock climbing story in america where the guy's arm is caught with the rock do you know that story do you know that film yes. That's right i have since i've seen that film i am always uh, saying felix i'm flying here's my whatsapp location <laughs> fly for one hour you know um, that is one of the things that it's not good to fly alone. If something happens, you are not able to to connect, or, or you have your spot, or you have something uh, to communicate where you are, or you are totally fucked up because you can cross in the middle of nowhere and nobody will find you. So it's, that's why it's very important to fly with friends always. Mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. I think that's really important also. And also to let people know what your intention is with flying, I think. Um, I mean, how do you feel about that, uh, Felix? Uh, let's, we are going this way. This is our kind of uh, loose plan. 
if you see, let's say, let's say you're the best pilot in the group, Felix, and then you say, if you see Felix going to the end of this range and turning left, then that's our plan. Or if we put big, big gears on, then we are indicating this. What do you say to that, sir, Felix? Well, uh, it's hard to say. Sometimes you go in the, the wild land and you climb in there and you try to make the safety way to have a road underneath and you bump out. So, uh, the most important is you are with, uh, covered by, by a group where you can be finding by them or, or landing with them. Well, 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 I want to tell about that because this year I went to Brazil to make the long distance flights and, and one time Seiko and Chalcaso, Seiko, Fukuoka and Chalcaso, they just land between two roads like this, to Mosero, and it was like a, two kilometers to one way and three kilometers to the other way. But at 10 in the morning there, it's like a 38, 20, 42 degrees, and it's impossible to walk for Seiko. And they were waiting uh, almost five hours in the saddle. And it was not so difficult. If you landing in the middle of nowhere, like you, can, you have to walk with your cross country gear. Like more than three kilometers, if you don't have water, if you are not ready, you are not exporting them, you really can't pass away because you have to be ready for that. This kind of decision, you must take it conscious. Conscious what, if it's going wrong, what will happen? If it's going well, okay. But you you bet such decision you're making with your glider flying. Such direction is a bet. You bet for to do that because you want to go longer, farther, or, or faster. And if you take the risk, you, you know, you have to be ready for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, what you say is completely true. I think back to your accident story you've told me a few minutes ago. If in your accident you were, when you were breathing, maybe this is two, three hours after you've crashed. Maybe if things were different with your friend and the situation was different, maybe things would have been different or could have been different. So I, I completely agree with you, yeah? Uh, really, really good one, yeah? I need some crazy story from Spain, please. You and your brother started flying when you were so young. Tell me some fun stuff, because you've got a lot of funny stories. Tell me two or three good ones or one. Well, um, I don't know. When, when I was young, When I was when I was really really young, like a 16, pilot, 16 years old, I was a young pilot, and then many many times we tried to make cross country with very bad gliders, no, and we just get a thermal, climb to the roof and go for one gliding to make eight kilometers and come back walking. Eight <laughs> kilometers, yeah, oh, almost night. My, my dad, don't do it again. Where you been? <laughs> and I would, ah, yeah, well down. I saw you. And I had to cover you. <laughs> In the beginning of the of my competition, cross-country competition, I was 17, 18 years old. 
And I was going, I was a uh, gypsy paraglider pilot, very, very young. And then I was having the, the money for discretion, the money for the gasoline, and just little money for eat and drink, no? But I was having my big picks of uh, jam, Spanish jambon and, the, yeah. and the cheese, and I just buy bread and I eat this every day, the same with tomatoes. Uh, it was a very, very beautiful moment of my life. Yeah. I don't uh, and then we get um, uh, a new generation of glider. They were flying much better, much better. We, we could climb the thermos and get another one. And we start to fly more than 30 Ks. And uh, several days we were uh, riding with a sleeping bag because we knew it. We would sleep in the middle of nowhere. And we tried yeah. to, to, to land together. That never happens. We just always landing. And there was no... Um, mobile phones, nope. which is driving <laughs> and walk to the village and get a, a normal phone and here, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> We're coming tomorrow and ready, no problem. <laughs> and it was really like adventure days. You, you knew it, you knew it, you will sleep in the middle of nowhere, you have to be ready with something to drink, something to eat. <laughs> Yeah, you guys have always lived like that since I've known you. You know, you've always got the caravan and the simple food. Although you love food on your on your uh, profile or your CV there on the Ozone website is saying one of the things you love is good food. You guys have always got good quality product with you. You're enjoying. It's a big party all the time. There's a lot of drinking, a lot of party, and uh, really, really nice. I mean, such a nice atmosphere amongst you guys. And as I said, the secret of your success is maybe that you guys are so tight all the time as a family, as a group, as a as a bunch of friends. Fantastic. Really, really great. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's all thanks to my dad. Papa Felix is, he was introduced to us, to the paraglider, and uh, it's like, a, you know, el capo, el capo, la mafia española. <laughs> I heard about it. I've never visited your house. I've never met your mom. I think she's also a real character. I've heard a lot of stories about your mom. Tell me a crazy story about your mom, please. Well, my, my mom, she's been always uh, taking care of us and uh, trying to, to hold, hold us to say, no, 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 don't go. No, no, no. And my, and my dad was in the other side, so they were, they were playing uh, bad poly, the good poly, you know, the, my man, he was, she was always telling us, no, 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 it's too early, don't do that. And my dad, okay, maybe, no, no, we, we were, we were trying new things when, when my mother wasn't there, because otherwise it can be a mess. I saw you, I saw you. Uh, who, who was hitting you? Was it your mom or your dad? My mom, but now that's just uh, only um, like uh, <laughs> no, no, like a uh, shouting high, like ah, no, no hitting. <laughs> and when she shouted above a certain level, then you knew. Now we are, uh, Felix. It's you and Raúl. I don't know any other of your family members. How many other brothers and sisters are you? Well, first to ask, you know, it's a very tragic story with my younger brother, Alejandro. He passed flying paraglider 
and uh, my mother's birthday day. And my mother and Raul, my father and a lot of good friends, they were flying that day close to my own town in Albacete in Spain. And, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, these things can happen. See, I'm really sorry about that. Uh, I, I actually, I'm, uh, I apologize also for the question, but obviously it's something that's happened and it's uh, part of life also. Do you have something you want to say about it? Um, well, no much. Just only to that. In that day, I realized that we are owner of our destiny because if you make a mistake, you can die directly in a very small mistake. If you fly conservative, you fly safe, high, you don't take a risk, a stupid risk, you you avoid the the risk, and then you get to be an all pilot. That's the most important. There you've said it's completely, Felix. You know the classic old pilot, bold pilot. You know. You are going on a snowboard, on some skis, you are base jumping, you are on Bishi, you are uh, riding your bicycle like a crazy guy. Everything you do is full speed. I mean, the way that you guys are knowing in acro and every side, I'm the same. I ride my motorcycle like a deranged guy, you know, like a complete crazy guy in the traffic. Paraglider, the same. But it's about the risk. It's about knowing how far we can go. What do you say to that? Well, you know the your limit, and you know where are the limit of your knowledge and the, your strength and physique. And sometimes you are playing with this limit. And uh, when you play with this limit, you take a risk. You know, now I'm I'm 42 years old. It's not the same when I was 22 or 23. I was playing with that limit a lot. I broke my back two times, I broke my knee, I broke my arm. And I, I think it, every single time I was too confident in myself, too much confident and played so hard that for sure something will happen. I escaped so many dangerous situations by myself, by my, by my instinct that, oh, no, 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 there's something wrong. And you just move and wow, wow, wow. And then you're thinking, but when you react, you don't think, you just react. Reaction, and you save your body, you save your ass, and later you start to think why I put myself in this situation. When this kind of things, when you're getting old, I think you slow it down, you stop to do it, because you know, if you play with this, uh, the limit will catch you one day. The monster will bite you, that's for sure. And I agree with you completely. I'm 49 years old. And, uh, you know, uh, Felix, we don't have uh, limits to how many extra lives we have. If there's somebody up there looking at us or if there's some energy or whatever, a guardian angel, uh, the more you're pushing. Yeah. Anyways, I don't want to live forever. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you that it's much more fun pushing a little bit hard and enjoying ourselves, don't you think? Yeah, the, that's why the agro the cross country competition is so nice because you fly safe with your friends and you pushing pushing, but you don't take much risk. This new generation of uh, cross country glider with not so much space and uh, trim like before, 
we are flying so safe and uh, there is no serious accident since long time and uh, I, I love it. I love it because you feel the adrenaline and you play your you, you play your card and then you take the risk, you bet for your options and sometimes it's good, sometimes not, but you never know. Yeah, I, I completely, completely agree with what you say there. What you said, I mean, look at the gliders in the past, Felix. They were fucking horrible, horrible, you know, and you wouldn't, wouldn't even want to touch it. Uh, just a few minutes ago, actually, I was speaking to Martin Jovanovsky in uh, Khrushchevo, you know, young Martin. Huh? Yes, and, we were, and we were talking about the old airwaves and we talked about the triple X. Do you remember that nasty thing? I mean, it was just a terrible thing. People who mentioned to me the Gambit C or the Paratech P6C, horrible stuff, you know, in the podcast I've done in the last days. Ugly stuff. Peter Ricek or Mac Harrow was telling me some of the gliders in the past were so bloody horrible. But today, with the shark nose technology, with the CAD designing, shit, we are flying nice stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially, I don't know which year was it in Piedraita in 2012 or 2010 when uh, we, we were having two mortal accidents in the same day in the World Championship in Piedraita. Because the gliders they were flying so good with the new fat nose and the full speed and trim out, it was flying like 80 kilometers per hour. But you know when it collapsed, it must must be horrible because you have so many energy cinetic that the glider collapsed, but your body make like this and you make auto rotation directly, and it's. Uh, make you flip out, uh, you lose your brain. I think uh, so. So powerful G-force than all the pilots being in this situation, you, you lose the, your conscience. You, you cannot yeah. rescue because you lose your conscience. And now the gliders are limited with the speed. And I think this is really, really good for us because since we limited the speed, we don't have mortal accident as before. Now we have accident like a common accident on the takeoff, on the landing but no, this big collapse and uh, auto-rotation to the ground. So we, I think we are in the good way. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, you know, you work for Ozone. Fantastic. There's nothing to say. Earlier speaking to Martin at uh, Bruce Goldsmith and Gin's products, and we don't have to have a war against different manufacturers and gliders. For me, I am so happy that we live in, a, in an age where the gliders are flying so nicely, so well had a swing tour. I was never affiliated to swing, but I got really nice prices and uh, really it was a pleasure for me to fly these gliders. But the core too, the thing never wanted to come up and it was a modern glider. Like what the hell? Today, even our competition gliders, look how easily we can ground handle and play with them and uh, really fantastic. But like everybody, we want to go flying very soon. What do you say? Well, hold your horse <laughs> until the we really can't fly because I want to go fly, but uh, they catch me flying. I think I had to pay the bill like uh, 1,000 euros. <laughs> we are not covered by insurance. The Federation asking me seriously to don't fly until it, it is finished. So I have to, I have to do the assembly. <laughs> I mean, uh, I've been having this discussion with several of my friends and even on the podcast that I've done in the last days with a lot of pilots. 
Um, it's also, Felix, a real big question of what should we and what should we not be able to do in this uh, stupid time? The problem is uh, the, the national federation, they are not covering us. Now you, you are not covered by your insurance. If anything happens to you, you are fucked up because you will pay, pay by your own the hospital, uh, transportation and all the stuff. You can easily, you, you can lose your home, your car, all your life for only one flight. It has no sense to take this risk and wait a little bit. It's, it's, it's gonna be, the sky is going to be open soon. Um, it's strange I hear you saying something like that, uh, Felix. Uh, that's what you're saying uh, in one way. But again, we go back to the story of risk. I mean, let's face it. If you could go for a flight today, even if you have to pay your own hospital, you would still go and do it. I mean, come on, let's face it. Yes, sure. I want to do it, but no, I, I want to do it. No, no, no. I wait a little bit. I have all my glider writing with my sponsor seat. Yeah. It's so easy to recognize myself if I. Felix, <laughs> uh, finally, I want to say to you, you know, it's been really nice to see you again. It's so cool. And I'm happy to see you with such a smile and doing so great, really great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much for the opportunity to talk with you. I'm happy to see you. And you are so funny, so nice always. Uh, I wish you the best and say hello to all yeah. the South African pilots when you meet with them. Definitely. I've been speaking to lots of them and lots of them are doing a podcast with me. Andrew Smith, uh, Neville, Andre, Russell. They are all going to talk nicely with me. Okay. I, uh, we will make something very nice. I also want to say thank you to you in a direct or indirect way, because if people are looking at this and they've really enjoyed it, then they can give one dollar and the one dollar or one euro they can give. It's going to the poor people in South Africa, the poor Zimbabweans who work with me on the mountain, the guys who really need the money. So it doesn't go to me. Good to know. You make me happy for that. Save yeah. the world. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Stefan. Look out for yourself. See you soon again. <laughs>